Steve Dale back with you on WGN 10 minutes after 1 o'clock. Lori Sugarman Lee is the author of Our Home, The Love, Work, and Heart of Family. It is all about family. And you are, in fact, Lori, a family coach. What? So do you get all the family together and say, yay, 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 oh, move to third base. No, no, <laughs> hit and run now. What is a family coach? Similar. Uh, yeah, so I like to say I'm like WD-40 for families. So <laughs> when when families feel stuck or overwhelmed or feel resentment creeping in, I help them get some clarity and put in some systems and some language that can unstick their flow. And specifically, I help them a lot with the balance of domestic labor, which can be quite heavy, quite overwhelming, and the cause of some great stress in families. And so So those are the cobwebs we help get rid of. In this book, everybody is doing everything. I mean, (laughs) if I turn to a page, and I will right now, uh, just randomly... Uh, dancing to music. Well, that's a fun thing to do. Making a birthday card, uh, doing the laundry, uh, collecting the garbage. Boy, there's a vacuuming. I mean, there are a lot of things that is, there's a lot going on. Baking. Oh, I want to go to the bake sale, but there's a bake <laughs> sale here. Lots of things going on, but that's what families, that is reality, you know? Right. Uh, it isn't reality, though, to get the kids to do it. So how do you motivate the kids to do things. So I wrote this book to be a conversation starter for families and really to spark conversations about what they value together, what's important, what's not, and how they want to approach their their daily flow together. And so when you ask kids, invite them into a conversation and say, what is important to Uh, you? I'm stopping you. Yes. Because you said ask kids. I didn't, there was no question. I mean, when I was a kid, I was told, right? You must do th- must do this. I wasn't asked uh, if you uh, have a free moment. Can you? That's that's not how I was raised, right? So we've evolved a little bit since or, our or, since well, our growing up for or, sure, or devolved. So can you comment on that? Okay, so I think that when kids are involved in setting up the systems of a home and in setting up the agreements of how a family wants to flow and in in setting the goals for family and when kids are integrated into conversations about this, then they have more of a stake in it and they understand why we have to do all the things that we have to do to make our home protected and safe and clean and healthy. Um, And so they're more likely to become a part of it. How do you know the responsibility level an individual kid can handle, I, I suppose, yeah. in part it's age, but in part it's the individual. So yeah. how do you make the dis- – I mean, do you involve them early? They're not going to do the laundry, literally pouring the detergent in and measuring and all that at the age of four. Right. But maybe that's when you begin to involve them in some way. So you're right. So age is a part of it. Also, every kid is wired so differently for success, right? And they they connect to different tasks differently. And so the idea here is to set a child up to um, leverage their strengths and to do something that is obviously safe and age appropriate, but something that they're going to be able to complete and gain esteem from. And so you gave the example of laundry. That's actually a great one um, for a young child to come into with a parent and start to shadow and start to understand like, 
what are we doing here? One of the first things that my child did in the laundry room was pick the fluff out of the lint container. (laughs) And he found it so fascinating. And and ultimately, it's not about pawning work off onto kids. It's about helping them understand the contribution that they're making to the family. And it's also about recognizing that you can bond and connect as a family during these times as well. It's not only, you know, during leisure time that you can grow and bond and connect. It's in servicing your home as well. I want to find out this. How do you get your spouse to do these things? Mm -hmm. You say you know the secret. We are going to hear (laughs) that or your significant other. We'll hear that when we come back. And I have a list. A li- you know, there's lists everywhere. And it turns out, just coincidentally, there was a list that came out of 10 simple ways to raise a respectful child. Mm. I'm going to run them by you and see if you agree. When we come back on WGN, oh, the name of the book, Our Home by Lori Sugarman Lee, who is a Chicagoan, which we love. Good Sunday afternoon to you, Steve Dale on WGN. After 2 o'clock, Kevin Powell will be here with Jill Brand, and they will be talking about the Chicago Blackhawks and celebrating a very special day for a very special Chicago Blackhawk, Chris Chelios, number 7. But you know what? I'm, I remember Pitt Martin. He wore number 7. He had some amazing years. Does he get 7.5? How do we celebrate? But I think Pitt Martin, didn't he pass away? I think so, unfortunately. 118 on WGN right now. We're talking with Lori Sugarman Lee, who's the author of Our Home, The Love, Work, and Heart of Family. We're talking about family. We're talking about motivating family members to do things. And it turns out, and including children, but adults too. We'll get to the adults in a second, Lori. But here, right here, I have a list of 10 simple ways to raise a respectful child. This is up your alley, and I want to know if you agree with this list or not. Let's hear it. Okay, maybe David Letterman put it together. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, number one, value your kids' choices. What do you think? Yes, I think it's really important to understand how your kid thrives and to listen when they tell you what they need. Do you think that's been missing like when you grew up or I grew up, that wasn't offered as often? I think we know more about how different people are wired now. We have a better understanding of how to honor our differences in that way. Speak politely. Um, I don't know if I didn't do something. I'm not sure my mom was quiet about it. Maybe polite, kind of? What do you think? I think we should all speak respectfully to one another. Do you think we don't do enough of that and that's part of the problem that we're not always kind to one another these days? I think foundationally, if we can inject more gratitude into our daily life and our daily conversations, we'd all be better off. says give kids a choice in decision-making. I suppose it depends on what we're talking about. I mean, I don't know. Should I, should I invest in that stock or that stock? Right. Ask the three-year-old? I don't know. <laughs> right. I think this is the one, if, if you can, you should. So if the opportunity presents itself, definitely take them up on involvement. Resolve conflicts thoughtfully. Yeah. I mean, this is huge for for sending kids out on their own, right? As they become independents and as they become partners on their own, they really need how to know how to have hard conversations. You know, I don't know you that well. I read the book. 
Uh, but it seems as though you could have written these. Well, thank you, because I, I think they're great. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know who wrote these per se. I think it was a group of people who essentially do what you do. The next one is uh, give your full attention. So I guess that means when you're talking to your kids, you're not on the phone, you're not doing other things. Yeah, this one's so important. And, and modeling this for your children now, especially with how many distractions we see um, kids getting sidetracked with, I think focus and mindfulness are so important. It says teach kids deep manners. I'm not sure what that means exactly. I don't know, but I love I love manners. Um, please. I th- yeah. I You're mean, welcome. I think please and thank you are free. Hmm. Uh, again, do you think that uh, that's been missing a bit? Gosh, you know, we um, my kids had their formative education in London, England, and manners were deeply instilled. So it's been a big part. Is there of a difference their- between? their culture and ours in that way? I think there's a difference in how emotions are expressed, um, but but both are beautiful places to raise kids. So I've been a bad host. I forgot to say our phone number, or you can text 312-981-7200. We have a couple of texts here. I'll get to those in a second, but feel free to join in. Cultivate curiosity. Yes, for sure. How do you do that? Uh, gosh, I think just exposure to as many different mediums and elements as possible, but also conversations and like doing things with your kids, right? And asking those, sparking those conversations, including them again in the hard conversations that we have. Practice positive gossip. I'm not sure what that is. I guess it's like the idea of telling someone when they look great. If you think it, say it. If you think something nice about someone, express it out oh, loud. But what if you think something not so nice? Well, I guess that's not what's being suggested. That, <laughs> that would be doesn't negative. fall under positive yeah. gossip. Yeah, but uh, what do you do about that? So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we've all have seen this sort of thing happen. I mean, the kid, young child, like yeah. a four-year-old or six-year-old, looks at someone and says, boy, you look ugly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... I mean, I get that walking down the street on a daily basis. Uh, so let's say that does happen. How do you respond as a mom or dad? Yeah, it's really important to help a child see things through the eyes of whoever the recipient of that comment would be um, and talk to them about how feelings can can hurt beyond just that moment. And so a lot of conversations about feelings. Call your kids out, but do it respectfully. Yes. So I think it's really important to keep family members in check. And again, expressing how things make you feel or how things are impacting others and just give them that perspective. I don't think it has to be getting them into trouble, but just, again, shining a light on things so that they understand things from a different point of view. Reading about you, I know you're from Canada. You just said you lived in the UK for a while and now you're in Chicago. So I suspect you'd be all about this one. Experience other cultures and ways of being. Definitely. I think the more we can understand um, where each of us comes from, the more we understand how the threads of things like care and family are really the same for all of us. Texter says, I think kids are worse than ever. Can't launch many mental health issues. No drive, no discipline. We need to go back to the old ways. Discipline and expectations. Another text is set expectations for your children and ensure they live up to those. What do you think of those two comments? 
So I think there are factors at play that are really distracting to kids. And so the idea of uh, congregating more frequently as a family to talk about family values and family goals, I think, is a really great starting point. And letting kids know how important they are to the way that your family flows through every day and how meaningful their needs are and their contributions are, I think is empowering and gives them a sense of pride and contribution in the family. And so hopefully it takes us away from going down that road. I love this question here. What about helicopter parents? Mm, Well, these are parents that, you know, want the best for their kids, obviously. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to criticize that. Um, I think that every family moves in its, in its own way. And again, this comes back to family values and family goals. Every family does what they feel is best. Indeed. You are a supporter of family meetings. You've mentioned yes. that here. You yeah. write about that in your book, Our Home. What are those exactly? I assume it's in person, not via Zoom. But beyond that, what what happens? You set a time. Everyone has an equal voice. How does yeah, that work? Yeah. So if you're living together in a, in a space, then you would meet together. And this should be a special time where emotions are low and cognition is high and nobody's tired, nobody's hungry. And in fact, you can bring snacks to the meeting, make it special. And this is where we talk about- You bring about snacks to your always family? Always have snacks. I'll come to your family and meetings. those fun snacks that you save for special occasions, right? What maybe, are those fun snacks? Maybe it's ice cream for your family. Maybe it's- gummy bears, you know, whatever it is. But it's just a chance to connect and say, how do we feel things are going for us? Like, how do we feel? What, how do we feel about our, our home, our cars, our investments and the things that we use every day? Are we caring for them optimally? What are we all contributing? Do, do some of us feel like we're doing too much? You know, we know that mother, uh, women and girls do 75% of the unpaid labor globally, right? There is an inequity that often needs to be addressed. And these meetings are a time to spark conversations like that. And really share when you feel these stresses or resentments creeping in, get them on the table and put the systems and the language and the boundaries as well in place to start to move differently as a family. You know, pots and pans don't always go in the dishwasher. Um, Laundry, I'll use that as an example again. How do you get your significant other to throw out the trash? I mean, to do things that you want him or her to do. You have like two minutes here to answer the most impossible question on the planet. So ideally, a partnership is not one where the woman owns the work of the home and and the husband, if we're talking about, you know, a, a husband and wife partnership as an example, and the husband is the helper, right? You want to eliminate this notion of I'm here to help and you want to move to a system by which tasks are fully owned from inception through planning and through execution by one person. So the other person doesn't have to give a list, doesn't have to be nagging or reminding. It's not about, uh, honey, I can go to the grocery store. Sure, just give me the list. It's about a partner who understands what the family's preferences and needs are, can make that list themselves, and then can go to the store and get it done. What if the partner says, uh, you do it, or tomorrow? And then the next day says, tomorrow. 
So this is the value of setting standards in a family and setting standards in these family meetings for how tasks are done. And I use a system in my coaching called the fair play system, which really guides families through the process of setting standards for every task that has to be done in their family and agreements on how they're going to be executed and who's going to own them. That's a fair question that I have here. Is your guest married? By the way, our guest is Lori Sugarman Lee. I am. There you go. So <laughs> she, she knows what she is speaking of. The name of the book, Our Home, The Love, Work, and Heart of Family. You're a great radio guest, We will, and you're local. We'll have you back. I'd love to. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much.